You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody, he's back. Stop (laughs) complaining, okay? (laughs) I don't know what you wanted me to do yesterday. And it was like, <laughs> they wanted me to be you and me. That's yeah. just not possible, Moan. There's no. only one Ramon. That's right, man. You can't have both either him or, he, or him or me. And now you get both today. We're good, right, DK? Oh, we're Start definitely good. Start the show, man. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm trying. Oh, DK, see, <laughs> now you're off. I had it ready, DK. Now he's going to cut me off again. Now watch this be the case again instead of me saying. It would not be the Ramon Foster show without the clumsily timed (laughs) intro. (laughs) The Ramon Foster show is brought to you by the get-go cafe and market. And uh, we've got plenty to discuss today, but before we get to any of that, we can poke around and see. uh, Yeah. Albie quirky says Moan is sunglassless. That only comes if you stay through the the end, like to watch the the Pixar desk lamp jumping yeah. up and down after like the credits. Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it, man. That's it here. Stephen has fired me for my for my poor work here. Out of here. I DJ. am I am totally toast here. Cody says welcome back. Steeler girl comes in with a, a great big high like she usually does from out in Hawaii. Uh, it's great to have everybody here. It's great to have Moan back mm-hmm. after a day. Uh, you you bounced around a good bit. I did four hours, didn't you? I did Nashville to Miami, back to Nashville, and today's just been busy too. I got meetings after this DK, but you know what? It's good to be wanted, so I will not complain. I'm glad to be here doing this show, though, DK. I this is a release for me, man, in a lot of different ways. I enjoy doing this, especially when it's live like this, DK. I, I, I'm a fan. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, looking ahead into this coming draft here, and, and specifically one thing that I want to take into this open, uh, the, the, the part of this that we do before we throw it to the full-blown Hey Moan uh, segment, and that's this. What's the one thing that right now kind of gives you the creeps a little bit about this team, about the Steelers, about where they are? Is there one spot anywhere on the field where you say yeah but this and you can't use matt canada uh being real with you um probably wide receiver probably wide receiver dk wow okay that i'd like to hear 
because I know how wide receivers are. They their career is based on somebody giving them the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Their positioning is I'm the best player out here. Get me the ball. If I'm not getting the ball, then I suck. Or even if they're not getting the ball, then they regress a little bit because then they lose confidence. They lose what has gotten them to that point. And <laughs> this this um this marriage, I guess, between Deontay and George Pickens to me. It makes me feel a little queasy, man. It does, because I, I know Deontay is very passionate and how he feels about himself and him being paid as a number one in Pittsburgh. But everybody and their mom is probably looking at George Pickens like, oh, my Lord, I can't wait to watch this guy grow up until his second year. And it, it bothers me because you got two strong minded guys that can be good playmakers for you. And you still got a very young quarterback that's got to please both of them still on top of other positions. That position of wide receiver, yeah, it, it, it makes me feel a little queasy, DK. I, I love this response. Is that first of all, because I didn't see it coming. Oh, did you not? And oh man. No, I I I I didn't expect this at all. However, I can very much see what the point is there because if you think about it, uh this is uh, this is a setting where did you guys see I just moved the logo? I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I did peep that. over your forehead from yesterday. Oh, I don't want to see my mug anyway, DK. It's all good. It's, it's <laughs> if you're like, watching live. It's like magic. I you just reached up over there over your head and just like that and pulled you know it what's back crazy? Across. I didn't even miss it. I saw the border change. That's what did it for me. I didn't realize the logo there. I wasn't <laughs> looking at me. I was looking at you. Um, I want to see probably more than anything. I want to see one wide receiver assert himself, really assert himself. Uh, you know that saying, if you have three wide receivers, you have none. If you have three of this, you have none. Uh, I, I feel like that this team could really benefit uh, from having someone who just not just says it's me, I'm the WR1 because they all say it. I'm, yeah. ta- I'm talking about making it happen, you know, yeah. making it fly. No doubt about it. And that's that's right there. My point of it all right there is Don's comments you just put on there a second ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of his fan base is just over Deontay, fair or unfairly. And I know his running backwards idea, his running before he catched the ball has really bothered people, especially this last year. I think when he was a young dude, kind of under the radar, that was one thing. But now he was paid to be number one, and it doesn't look like it, especially when you see exciting players come out of George Pickens. Uh, and that right there, to me, is why it makes me feel like it's, it could be an issue moving forward. To your point, if somebody don't take advantage of being in that situation, right? So where I stand is this, man. Figure out what you're going to be. But it also comes from, and I'm not mentioning him, but it also comes at the play calling and concept of where these wide receivers are lining up. And well, yeah, up. That's where Blake comes in with an excellent point. That was what you saw me laughing a second ago when it showed up on our list there. Blake says, let's see if George Pickens' route tree can grow a few limbs. <laughs> that, of course, is not on George. No. Okay? That is on the coordinator. And then from there, it's obviously on Kenny Pickett to make any – and all adjustments, but I'll tell you what, Moan. What have you have you seen anything from George where you go, oh yeah, but he can't do that? I haven't. I just think it's just lack of of um, mental knowledge when it comes down to it. Like that's the thing about it. Sometimes they just want you to get your feet wet, and I think that's what George Pickens was until you realize, man, this guy he really does mean it when he say just throw the ball up. That's where he has been. Um, but now that they know he can catch the ball, now they know he can compete. He can compete against. Uh, NFL cornerbacks and safeties and defensive schemes, 
then now you expand his role. And that's also, DK, to the point of why you also continue to keep Matt Canada in the room. Now let's see him if he can grow not just Kenny Pickett, but also George Pickens and Deontay too. And that's the thing I've said before. They have weapons offensively. It's a matter of maximizing them and figuring out what is the best alternative to win games. What is the best pathway, best pathway to win games? That's where we are right now, DK. And that's why it's kind of queasy. Uh, like you said, doesn't need a route tree. Just put it in the sky. Dalton Moore coming in, <laughs> coming in hard from the top rope. But you know what? That's what George says himself. He's just put it up there. I'll catch it. Um, but- you, you do need a route tree, and you you do need to take this young player and move him to the next level. Uh, let's not forget, and this is indefensible, but it did happen, that for the first half of this past season, all George Pickens was doing was running a straight line as a decoy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that, that point go. right there of it all, DK, lends this point right here from Jane, from Jim Fairfield. Hey, Mo, how does Deontay handle not being number one? Who cares? And, and that's the thing, though, too, DK. Let's say this, though, when it breaks down. Like, everybody wants to be that guy. His deal suggests he'll probably be off this team quicker than he'll be on this team with an extension because of he wants to have a bigger role or maybe it's not uh, going the way he wanted to, to go in Pittsburgh. With that being said, it's almost like asking somebody to take a pay cut in a sense. Like, I don't know if Deontay is wanting to take a backseat or is the, if there is a backseat. But most of the times, when you got a one, number two and three know who they are. I don't know with Deontay being that much older if he's willing to accept being number two. Very humble dude. Very humble young man. But wide receiver position is way different than anybody else's, right, DK? You've been in that locker room it, and around it, that it, building. It's, it's a different culture. It's a different culture. Okay, they have to compete with each other and yet support each other and yet do right by the quarterback and yet get nasty with the quarterback if they're not getting the ball because the squeaky wheel and everything else here. It's, it's a different world. That's why I said what has to happen here is there has to be someone who steps up as number one on the field. And we will know that when we see it. It won't be some deep insider information that comes out. And what's crazy about it, DK, as we're about to hit this first break, is this. Ben made Deontay his number one. Yes. That right there is going to end up being the biggest, I don't want to call it issue, but I guess the biggest hurdle to get over is he made me his number one, and now I'm supposed to take a back seat because this guy came in. Who's that, not headed to Canton? Right, 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 right. That's what makes me queasy, DK. <laughs> this is all really good. Did not see this coming. This is why it's great that we never script this stuff. When we come <laughs> back, the only segment that matters. All of Hey Mom. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans. 
all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. The coverage that connects. And we are back on the Ramon Foster Show, which is brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for what they refer to as craveability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it apologies to those of you who went and tried to find us on facebook uh just just missed the button whenever oh, we were whenever we were just whenever we were doing that and there it went so there we go yeah we'll be we'll be back on that you see mikado is upset about it look at that i know mikado matt's Ooh, upset God. matt's upset that we only have 40 likes is that right is this 40 Man. likes you know how it goes like and subscribe tell a friend about it tell you tell everybody about it not just your friends tell your enemies too we like them also <laughs> <laughs> let's yeah. see uh Let's see what we, we've got here in terms of uh, Hey Moan entries here. Robert Kelly says, Hey Moan, how much does management value the fifth-year option? Uh, enough to move back in for two players this year? Uh, move back in? I doubt that because that 32nd one is still a first-rounder in the books of picks, right, DK? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a first-round pick. It still is a first-round pick. What was, what was TJ, 30th? 30th yeah. cam also what 20 right in that range yeah right in that range yeah that's not a big deal that's still first round uh in my eyes man how do they manage it uh making sure they develop and also making sure you pay them before they get to that point uh that's one thing i've kind of seen pittsburgh do if you are that guy tj was that guy right that's the most recent one mm -hmm. tj got paid and they paid him before it actually got to the point of saying you just have to pay this out if you're good in pittsburgh that's one thing i will say they find a way to make sure that you stick around man or find your way back i know the way everybody's hoping bud finds himself back to pittsburgh too uh but you pay guys before they hit the open market if their career suggests that. That's mm -hmm. the best way to manage it. Michael comes in with a contribution to the show. Those are always appreciated. He says, hey, Moan, any stories about a free agent who left the Steelers and then regretted it? Oh, you have those. I know you do. Yeah. I.e. Le'Veon Bell, Charles Johnson, the grass is not always greener. Uh, actually, you have a bunch of these. For you got my a few memory. of those, yeah. man. Uh <laughs> Uh, Lamar Woodley being one of those dudes, I've, I've heard Joey Porter say, you know, going to different places way different from him. Uh, I've heard the same thing from uh, Mike Wallace being one of those dudes, not necessarily because Mike got broke off big time, but just the culture side of it being totally different. Uh, Brian McFadden, another guy that was on the show recently, he, you know, it's just different the way the Pittsburgh locker room is. Isn't it funny? Every last one of these guys you're mentioning all went to Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, they did. You didn't even mention Marcus Gilbert. It's like, I didn't, uh, you know, I mean, Marcus, I was getting, uh, not to speak on yeah, here, but I'm getting texts from Marcus. Like, hey, come home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's like that. Uh, but uh, you heard anybody that come on here, man. Um, legitimately, there's no other place like Pittsburgh for the guys that played there first and go to other places. It just never – you can't duplicate it. I think the only guy that's kind of survived it a little bit, Emmanuel Sanders survived it. Kelvin Beecham did because he just continues to get contract after contract to other place. Heck, even James came back. Harrison. Javon Hargrave. 
Hargrave. Hargrave, it works out for him too. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of uh what 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 kind of winning you do at those other places. Uh for guys like uh uh Emmanuel and also uh Hargraves, uh, or what type of deals you get. Oh yeah. Uh let's see here. Uh, this one is uh Lawrence Timmons is a good one here. Uh John Pell says, uh, hey Moan. Darnell Washington at 32. That fixes all the OL issues. I don't think he's lasting that long. He ain't last. Well, he may, but I don't think he's on Pittsburgh radar to be in that tight of a consideration. It just signs Zach back. Similar body type, same roles, too, in a sense. This is what you you have to ask yourself. Are you willing to be a two-tight end passing offense if you go get a guy like Darnell Washington? And I think with the quality guys they've got in the offensive, offensive line, you have that extra blocker. I do think Connor Hayward role can expand. Pat Frymuth would be that good. And you got to say to yourself, what are you bringing in Darnell Washington for? Yeah, what are you just doing? blocking? Mm-hmm. Because that's been his main role at Georgia, is he's just been a big blocker that you think can catch. Well, you got the tight, I mean, you got the pass catching tight end already. So what are we actually asking for when it comes down to Darnell? All of this will start to – this window will start to really dial in now with as close as we're getting to draft season. Cody has the question of the day. I'm actually going to declare that preemptively because he wants to know if we've heard of our Lord and Savior, Glenn Thomas. You know, Glenn Thomas is the greatest assistant coach in all of sports. I don't know if you knew that, Moan. Did not know that. Yeah, he is the preeminent assistant coach of our time. When he comes to Pittsburgh, when he sets foot on Southside soil, He's going to be – it's just a matter of time until there's a statue up. That's how important this guy is. You know why? Because what? he is going to be Matt Canada's right-hand man. And the first oh, lack of route tree that you see on that football field or anything else, yep. uh, short turn, short yardage gain to Zach Gentry, all that stuff that would drive you nuts, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be <clears> – <throat> Bring in Glenn Thomas. Promote Glenn Thomas. Get rid of Matt Canada. I, I'm being facetious here somewhat. I know. somewhat. Uh, but at the same time, does it mean something, Moan, that they brought in this guy? It does mean something, especially the uh, especially the role they gave him. So at least the uh, the name they gave him. What is the assistant offensive? Is it coordinator that they gave him? It's no, it's 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 offensive assistant coach. Off- but but the word coach is the key word. It is. Because as we discussed, I think on another episode, maybe even earlier this week, there are offensive assistants and defensive assistants. And those guys are more, they're more quality control. I don't want to call them gopher types or whatever, but they're yeah, doing jobs. Quality control. The, yeah. They, they're doing the jobs that the coordinators really don't have time for. Yes. Okay. That's not this. This guy has the word coach in his title. I will say when I saw his name and I looked him up, I said, "Oh, spicy!" I did. I will not lie. Mm-hmm. I, I said spicy because is this to me when it comes down to a guy like him? Baylor offense, okay. Uh, UNLV, Arizona State, like he has the college mentality of offense. That's where I'm at right now. You have a very youthful, very young offensive side of the ball. 
his insertion into that offensive room, whether it be routes, whether it be concepts, I think will be tapped into when it comes down to uh, assisting Matt Canada. Now you have to ask yourself this too, which one is better suited? You happen to help out Matt Canada or Glenn Thomas just so happens to become your offensive coordinator and you end up losing him to a head coaching job. Which one do you want? I don't mind losing coordinators. You don't? No, I, I just don't. I, I think that's well, something that's a bit of a – it's an irrational fear. If you get – look, if your goal is to win every season, yeah. then get the best people you can for that season. Okay. I, I, I just I, – I don't worry about that stuff. I don't worry that much about the coaching tree stuff either. You know, get, get the people that work best within your system to help you win that season. You know, I, perfect example, Brian Flores. Yeah. Everyone knew he was gone. The moment mm-hmm. he showed up at, at, at South Water Street and was shaking hands over there, every single person knew that he'd be there for exactly a year. I, I knew that too, but I'm talking about specifically coordinators, though. Let's say Canada's let go and Glenn Thomas is higher. Like, my mm-hmm. thing is, stuff changes in that aspect. And you just, you're really on a hope and a prayer when it comes down to hoping you stay above board when it comes down to performance. That's my biggest thing is because here's the reality of it too. I see the justice work. <laughs> oh, they're all on a roll now. <laughs> I see this one. But, but this is the thing though too, DK. Kenny still is unproven when it comes down to how can he sustain? What is Kenny Pickett's identity? Because of that, that's why I'm saying like switching coordinators and getting hired at other uh, as head coaches in other spots, that bothers me just a little bit on the player side because I hate it change like that. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. Lee brings up a point here. It says Glenn Thomas's offense will be very Saturday. Glenn Thomas is worth an episode unto himself, obviously. You, we can go back through his, his recent background. He was at Arizona State before that UNLV. But before you start throwing the Saturday label on him, who was that that did that to Matt Canada this year? Somebody, some somebody called him a Saturday coach. So, oh, you oh, have yeah. to break this down. Oh, to me. What do oh, you mean no. by Saturday? Pedestrian? Saturday, as in everything was college. I think it was Steve Smith, the old wide receiver from uh, Carol. It Carolina. was Steve Smith. It yeah. was Steve Smith that, that called him. Ooh. They called Matt Canada Saturday coach. Saturday playbook. Um, but in Glenn Thomas's case, let's uh, let's remember that. Yeah, here Vegas confirms Steve it was it, it was Steve Smith. Uh, I have a pretty good memory there, Moan. What do you think of that? No, nah, that was pretty good. Yeah. That was real good. Uh, I, I look at this guy, and I think more about the time that he spent with the Falcons. Uh, he spent several years as their offensive coordinator. Uh, I'm sorry, not the coordinator, as a quarterback's coach while Matt Ryan was there. Yeah. Now, to what extent, you always know how that goes. How much credit do you give him for that? Could anybody have been yeah. Matt Ryan's coach in his prime? Um, you know, that, that's the part where you got to draw the line there. And here Mike says that right away. Matt Ryan though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt Ryan was good for a spell. He did go to the Super Bowl, and they were like, what was this 28, three, something, but his like history that? isn't all Saturday is what I'm saying. He has spent time in the national football league, but this is the thing though, too, about calling him a Saturday quarter, uh, OC, the game goes up. High school goes to college. College goes to the NFL. We're seeing that right now because some of the first teams around to start doing that uh, going forward on fourth down was high school teams. Some of the first team to start doing that passing crazy was these seven-on-seven camps. That went to college. Now that's in the NFL. Say what you want to about it. you got to have college minds around this, that can relate to this era of football player on the offensive side of the ball. 
Uh, Gregory says, hey, Moan, more important for the O-line to gel or the quarterback and the wide receivers? Why you'd want to separate that, but okay. Uh, more important for the OL, easily. There's not one other position where five got to work as one. What did you think he was going to say, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm with him. And it, it may be on our conversation about, uh, you know, what makes me more queasy. And I think it's fair to come down to the quarterback and wide receivers, too, because, like I said, this year, too, is so big for Kenny, for George, for Deontay. And I'm throwing Deontay in there, too, because carving out that role, DK, is crucial for him. Whether that be Kenny just size, that's my guy. I'm going to George. But can you imagine, like, we saw George react. On the sideline, did we not give me the ball? We saw this already. He was headed toward the sideline, but he made sure that he was both seen and heard. Yeah, and uh, and and he was uh, both literally and you know metaphorically. Everybody knew about his unhappiness, and 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 they should have. Uh, that's a guy that has to have uh, the football here. Uh, Andrew points out that maybe Saturday ish means Jeff Saturday ish. No, I wouldn't do that to any. I I, I wouldn't do that to any coach at all here. Rich has a good one. Yeah. At the pro level, hang on. Rich Rich earned a Hamon. He did. Yeah, you got to do this right. Come on, DK. Hamon at the pro level. How much does a team captain matter? Um, a lot. Because it gives a group full of grown alpha dog men one singular voice. Uh, when that guy speaks, uh, he one has to earn that right. Because everybody's feel like they're 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 uh, captain capable, but it also just creates one voice for the team and the expectation. There's also the idea of what your captains work like, what the results are like, not just at practice but on the game field, and it sets the tone. If my captain is trash, my team's probably going to be trash too. So with that being said, it does matter. They're just a figurehead, but the representation means a lot. Jim has a really good one, too. Oh, D- hey, Moan, why are you higher on Dan Moore than DK is? I, I don't know that we're that far apart on this one, Jim. We have been on other stuff. I don't know about this one. Yeah, I'm high on him in general because I believe in time. You really so. like him. It, it, I it do. is true. I still higher do. Is, yeah, but it's not like I'm down on him or something. Yeah, I, I, I really do because I believe that that time and him having those scars last year can benefit him way more. I said it before. The kid talent is through the roof. He's played big-time ball everywhere he's gone. It's a matter of in between the ears and also learning from his mistakes a whole lot faster. He can start off this next year. I asked y'all this. If he starts off next year, no sacks in the first six games, uh, being able to be available every game, and just uh, making plays down the field as far as the screen game and cleaning up people, your tone about him in his third year will be way different than it was last year when he hit that skid. I like the idea of keeping him there, but so many people have still been saying on these mock drafts what teams need, they're still saying the Pittsburgh Steelers need a left tackle. Yeah, James brings up a good point as a follow-up to the to your response on captains. Is how did Mitch Trubisky do as captain? For anybody who doesn't know this, I'm always surprised by the number of people who don't realize that this happened. Mitch remained yeah, the offensive did. captain the whole season. I can't begin to picture what that looks like, but yeah. I, I have a feeling, first of all, that's not going to be the case in 2023. I mean, it's just, just forget it. Okay. No. Second, that when Mitch did have to come back, remember when Kenny got concussed again and Mitch played great. Yes, he did. Okay. 
that those guys went to battle for him because of the way that he carried himself through what had to be one of the more disappointing moments of his career. Because Mitch saw coming to Pittsburgh as being his opportunity. All right. Mm -hmm. Everything that went wrong in, in, in Chicago or right or whatever else here, I, I did my, my uh, reset button in Buffalo, and now I'm coming to Pittsburgh for another chance. Boom, they draft Kenny. Boom, they bench Mitch. And yet he, he kept his chin up. And you know what? He's going to be back again yeah. knowing that Kenny's the starter. And this is the other thing, too. That team was so young. And Mitch That's also, he took that offense by the horns, too. We can't deny that. Like, he did everything that was necessary. Brought Kenny underneath his wings. Uh, took guys on the trips to go throw and stuff. He did all the captain things as if this was the uh, resurgence of his career in Pittsburgh. Can't fault it. And the other part of it is, for guys that had long tenures there, who was worthy of being the upfront captain? Chook's not really that tight. Dan Moore is super young. New free agents. I can see next year guys taking on that role, DK. Mm -hmm. Probably Mitch and Mason Cole. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. Um, I mean, not Mitch. I mean, Kenny Pickett, mean, Kenny Ken Pickett and yeah, Mason Cole. I think you almost have to give it to the quarterback, even if even if the real leader of the offense, I believe, is Najee Harris. He's the more and Najee. common variable. Yep. Uh, and he was the one who a lot of them credited for being the one who brought the running game together by going and sitting in – the, the classrooms with the with the offensive line. He yeah. spent a lot of time with those guys. And sometimes, and he told me this himself, sometimes it was just to sit in the back. He mm -hmm. didn't want to get in the way. He didn't want to be jumping in with his two cents. Oh, hey, look over here. You missed a block. Right. Okay. He just wanted to be in there in case somebody needed something from him yeah. on the spot. Ramon, obviously, you're the one who's been in there. Yeah, no doubt about it. You just got to play that role sometimes, man. DK, and man, let, let's go here. I just uh, started a question for you. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, hey, Mon, it's not even a, a hey, Mon. I just want to address it. This right here from CTD. Tons of good players on offense. That's true. 13 to 19 points a game. That's also true, too. And, and it's because of this. The offensive line took a while to get going. The offensive coordinator had his ups and downs throughout the season. You change quarterbacks also. Uh, so to correlate one to the other, CTD, I don't think that is fair when it comes down to saying we got good players, good prospects, but you didn't score. Sometimes it's variables outside of your control that kind of take away from the idea that you are only scoring 13 and 19 points. That is an upset. And again, this is why we're, we've been saying continuously, what, DK? There has to be a big change in how this team progresses offensively this year because of those good players. And there's also this, Eric jumps in right this is he just sent this in so he's responding to what you're saying and they also didn't have a quarterback for a full offseason program lack of continuity you can actually take that eric and extrapolate it to almost the entire offense okay you could george was george was new the offensive line had to get used to one two three new guys okay or, or but, guys yeah. it's not not really three but one in a new position it it was it was a challenge but you know and what I love about our fan base? About. Hmm. The expectation is always there. Like 13 points for some people or 19 is just like, well, we'll stop them on defense. No, I think that is fair, especially when you know you have the talent. Keep putting that pressure on. I, I, I've always loved that about our fan base. The Rated R Gang says, hey, Mo, do you still have your throwback jersey? Are they referring to the Bumblebees? 
Yeah, yeah, it's in the house somewhere. I have Did it. Did you guys for sure. ever lose in those things? Did you ever lose in those things? No, if we did, it was only one game. I can't remember us losing in that game, DK. All no. I know is, I, I not only did you guys win in those jerseys, but you like win big. It was th- yeah. these were massacres on, on on the home field. Yeah, they were, man. The Christmas game and all of that stuff. You just mm-hmm. had to show up and play in those games, man, because you knew it meant something. That's like Coach T saying, "Big game music." Danny comes in. He he's the buzzkill. <laughs> he says, he says, he says, Ben, Mitch, Mason, Kenny, four quarterbacks, same Matt Canada offense. Why should we expect things to be different this year? Uh, can I get this one? Please go off. Danny, your expectation is your own, man. It, you, we don't have to tell you why you should expect things to be different. If you feel cynical about the coordinator, feel cynical about the coordinator. We're not here to defend him. No. I mean, if it, that's just, that's not the tenor of this show. We've been so heavy I, on him. Yeah, this is not this is not the place to come for. Uh, what's Mike Tomlin called? Comfort. Comfort. Don't be you don't seeking come here. Don't here. be seeking comfort in the, on this show. We're not yeah. here to provide uh, comfort. Michael wants to know if you've got a Steelers room in your house. Uh yeah, I got a Steelers room. Uh, um, not specifically to it. I got the the big cooler. I got the jerseys hanging up. I got memorabilia uh, in there. Tell him. Tell him what it's called. It's the boom, I mean, my, my man yeah. cave. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Right. I wasn't going to let him get through that answer. Yeah, nah, that's my man cave. That's exactly what it is. Yes, oh, indeed. boy. Uh, Cody says Canada's on the hot seat, so he better put his full playbook. I'm sure Cody meant to say on the line. TJ says everyone is cynical about Canada. Well, yeah, of course they be. are. Of course they are. Why do you think they've closed down? Fifth Avenue outside our, our store here to have the parade to welcome Glenn Thomas in. You don't think you're putting all those police to work for nothing? No doubt about it, man. Come on. Yeah. A couple more today. Mike says, hey, Moan, was there a rookie that you thought didn't have a chance of making the roster and then the light came on surprising you as a real contender? Ooh, that's, a, that's, that's one of those where you got to kind of roll through the – uh, through the I'm C drive. The, yeah, I'm going through the Rolodex right now. A rookie who didn't make the – I mean, I'll, I'll throw a couple while you who think you, of you people got? who were – Well, I mean, I liked Jalen Warren last year right off the bat. Yeah. Okay? And I know that Mike Tomlin did too, but still, you know, uh, it, it, was, it still felt like such an uphill climb for him because they did bring in other running backs, guys with running – with uh, NFL experience and everything else. And yet, every time, this is how this goes out yeah. in the by the way. Every time he gets the ball, you noticed him. You did. And you hear, and you hear the verbalization of that from different parts of the field. I don't know how to explain that to people, Ramon, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, they're just these random voices that come in from different directions that say, we saw you there. We saw you 3-0. We saw yeah, you, okay? Yeah. Or especially from the head coach. He's the most vocal of, of anyone there. And then gradually, all right, well, let's see how it goes in preseason. Let's see how it goes in exhibitions. Yeah. And he just keeps doing it. And then you think, all right, well, yeah, well, there was that guy. Baron Batch did this years ago, and we're yeah. not going to take it all that seriously. And it's just – he just kept plowing through. So I, I'm going to say that that one was a pleasant surprise for me. To me, I'll be honest with you, DK. And you know when I say this, that it holds true. I pretty much knew everybody I was going to make the team. 
Yeah. From the time that I saw him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I saw him the first few days of competing, I'm like, okay, if he competes like this in camp, he's making the team. There's not many surprises when it comes down. Well, when you see it from our perspective, like from the player's perspective, you see like this, this guy is going to be all right. And, and there's been some times where some fanfare guys have been like big time, like all oh, the crowd loves them. And we look at them as players sometimes like, man, that was just good two days. And there was nothing else from it. The players see it a whole lot earlier than everybody else does. That's why we were having that whole discussion like day ones and whatnot, like picking out guys you didn't think were going to make the team that did. Roosevelt Knicks was one of those dudes early on. Uh, Rob Golden, probably the most notable one to me. Rob Golden, really? Yeah, definitely. Rob G. Yep, absolutely. Seeing some concern expressed on the show that J.C. Hasnauer signed with the Giants during the show, uh, they did not have plans for J.C. Um, no, I don't you know, think so. J.C., with all due respect to the effort that he puts forth, the, the professionalism, and his lack of uh, slippery hands. Yeah. Ben <laughs> commended him once for not having slippery hands. Uh, he, uh, he was not part of their plans. Kind of an undersized guy yeah. for, the, for the position. He has more of a long snapper. Yeah, he's a grunter, though. Looks uh, so, but yeah. Kendrick Ben, like your backup center right now. Uh, he, I don't think he will be. Kendrick going to have to make this team he's this He's got to make the team. <laughs> he, he, he's got to make this team this year as far as his uh, his competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a really good point here from Brian, too. Uh, he says, it took Jalen Warren to remind Najee how to hit a hole. You know what's funny? <laughs> Najee is so ego-free. Yeah that he would actually not only agree with this statement, but he would actually point it out himself, man. I, he, I, I say I'd be sitting, I'd be, I'd be over there on the sideline. I'm getting a breather and I'm seeing him doing this and I'm going, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and do that too. I'm going to stop overthinking this. Yeah. Here's the Remember when you mm-hmm. got on him early in the season, you got on Najee yeah. and said, you said, dude, there's a hole here. At yeah. some point you got to go after it. Stop overthinking it or trying to find your own. And you know what? With all of these O-line signings, that's what you're seeing out of that group right there. The presentation of competition. The presentation of the you're not safe. Like Herbic being the signing. You're not safe when it comes down to, look, I can just coast and not get better every day at my job. Najee was put to the fire on that one with Jalen Warren and others have. So I told you about my career path and how I felt about guys behind me. Like it was always a race to make sure that I was on top of my game. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what building a good competitive team is all about. Our last question is an outstanding one. It comes from Fasted, who says, "Stay or leave Steelers loyalty versus more money." You're about to ask the money guy that question. Yeah, this is my take on stay for loyalty or money, or go for money. If the gap of what they're offering you, I'd almost look at te situation probably. To what um, what they're offering you, to what another team is offering you, is that much big or that disrespectful to you? Leave. If you know that, look, for a half a million, two, whatever it is, to stay for winning, for competing, for championships, for knowing that the coaches are going to take care of you, is more valuable than going to another squad, you stay. I was talking to a, a buddy of mine that ended up signing with another team recently, and I was asking, I was like, what happened? He was like, man, it was just so disrespectful that I couldn't sign, you know? And truthfully, he may have been in a better situation to compete with the team had he stayed with that team. But he said the money was just so far apart 
that I felt like they were disrespecting my craft. That's where it comes in. And that also is where agents come in. Uh, we could do a whole show on this one, but agents then come in. People don't know this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent a better part of my life dealing with agents and they will actually go to the athlete and t- tell the athlete all kinds of stuff to get them to leave that team. Yeah. Okay? Oh yeah. <laughs> because they want the money and, and they, they totally get that. Uh, they, they will, they'll show you presentations of what you could do with this money that you're about to leave behind in the yeah. name of staying with the same team. If you don't think Cam Sutton's people in particular said, Cam, I, we know you love the Steelers and we know that the lions are still the lions, but Cam, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. $39 million, dude. Exactly. And to answer Aaron's uh, question, no, it, it wasn't, but <laughs> this player went assigned to another team and he said, I don't even think he really wanted to go to him, but the the money of what the other team offered him just couldn't equate to, to, to picking that option up. No, Blake says the show is always over too quickly. We happen to agree with that, Blake. Yeah, we do. Nonetheless, we appreciate uh, everybody who's who's paying attention, who participates in this. The lurkers. Is it okay to call them lurkers? The lurkers, yeah. Watch. Yeah, I'm that's all right. It, so we have a plan for tomorrow. I'm going to be at the Pirates home opener, so I won't be around. Yeah, I'm making a plan. I'll tweet it out for sure in a little all while, right. DK, to make sure we're all above right. board with this. Yes, absolutely. All right. all right, cool. So there will be a Ramon Foster show tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. 3 p.m. Central Time, and watch how slick I am with this button here. Ready? You're that good? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) I don't even know.